You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 53 of the Comic Book Informer. We are coming to you, well, actually on Thursday, November 17th, because, well, it just wouldn't be right if we recorded on a normal day this month. Right, Roger? Jesus, has been ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that it's going to get back to normal starting next week. One would hope, but, uh, well, we'll I think see it'll actually we probably be after the holidays. Yeah. So, All right. So um, we have... Uh, Another big event that we're talking about today. Uh, last week was Spider Island, and this week is X-Men Schism. And as much as we loved Spider Island, at least for me, my feelings are a lot more mixed on this one. What about you? They're not mixed at all. I didn't like it. I I mean, the individual issues, there was only one or two that I actually really enjoyed. Maybe three. The stories I thought overall were very weak. I understand what they were trying to do with having something that was so unbelievably huge, earth-shattering kind of event, but I think that it failed on many counts, and for a lot of different reasons that we'll get into as we discuss the various titles. But I think that each of the mini-stories that comprise the whole of Schism, I think that there were some pretty huge problems with those stories and with the plots and with trying to make something like what they were trying to do seem bigger than what it actually was. Mm -hmm. I mean, historically, if you go over a lot of the X-Men titles, they've gone through a lot worse than this, faced much tougher foes, everything, and came out no problem. And yet this is what tore them apart. And, And when I say this, I mean all of the little things throughout as well. So I think that there were so many problems throughout that for me it was very very difficult to enjoy the event as a whole well not difficult at all i just couldn't and then (laughs) each it seemed like each one too had some pretty fatal flaws that really just ticked me off as well and that made it even harder again and then on the whole I wasn't crazy about the art in a lot of these issues, which, again, doesn't help either when it's a visual medium. And so it just was one thing after another that really led to a very, very disappointing event. And as is as has been said over and over again on this podcast, both of us are huge X-Men fans. So for us to be saying this... I think carries some weight because we're not any we're not the type to sugarcoat a story for the sake of you know the publishers and or the people who wrote it. It's 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 important to be you know honest in your opinions and and honestly, this I it's not just that I was ambivalent about it. I point blank didn't like most of it, and I was it infuriated me at times. I can't argue with much of that. So we're starting off. Uh, they had a prequel miniseries to the whole event called The Prelude to Schism. And that was a four-issue mini. And I read the first one 
didn't really do anything for me and I haven't had a chance to check out the other ones, but you actually said you liked those, didn't you? Not all of them. See, that's the thing. I actually really liked the first two. I remember we had talked about this on the Mm -hmm. show when they'd come out and I actually really, really enjoyed them. And so, and that was the, again, the prelude, obviously. So this was setting it up and I was thinking, hot damn, we're in for some fun. Now this is going to be good because we knew about (laughs) Spider-Island, that's Spider-Man, that's all well and good, but we want something epic with the X-Men. And so when this came out, it was like, oh, this is going to be great. And I know that some people didn't like it because it was far more introspective and so some people thought well if that's a kind of event it's going to be it's not going to be really a lot of action and whatnot but that being said we already had the marvel action event that was lining up at the same time with spider island and x-men always have been more um more cerebral you you, you did have to think more about various issues and it was something that it wasn't just about the action. It was also about the relationship between the characters and whatnot. So the first one, of course, was with um, Professor Xavier because each one spotlights a character. And then the second one was with uh, Magneto. And, of course, some people had problems with the second one with Magneto because, again, it was the Holocaust. And that's whenever you're having anything with Magneto, uh, you're going to have stories about the Holocaust. But I'm all right with that. Whereas some people kind of say, okay, enough with that. I think that it was a horrific time in our real history and I'm all right with that being present in there. And I'm all right with it being present in there, you know, not all the time, of course, but enough that it grounds the series in that reality so that it makes it something that's much more real for us. And the it had a different twist to it, which was something that we had not seen, um, that we saw as well with uh, Professor Xavier, in the the first issue so it was something that was enjoyable what happened though is that you when you're writing something like this you need a blend it can't all be this introspective <laughs> there ah, damn it i'm gonna have to oh. <laughs> I made it 10 minutes, okay? <laughs> Considering the event we're talking about, that's pretty good. Yeah. So by the third one, it was too much. By the third one, it was the rest of the team with a heavy influence on, on Logan, of course. But it, it just got to be too much at that point, and, and there's still nothing happening. We know what's going to happen. We we get the whole point that, you know, it's, there's a bad thing coming their way, and they need to decide what they're doing. But it was it had gone too long. And then, of course, by the fourth one, then... This is where you start to get into some fundamental problems with the event as a whole because the entirety of the schism is this rift that builds between Logan and Scott. And yet, when you're reading the the, the fourth issue, there's still a team. There's still I-got-your-back-jack kind of guys. And so... Like the the issue has a blend of old history where they're talking about or reminiscing about a history mostly uh, of Logan and then their relationship, the two of them, because it's always been strained, but it's always been when it counts, they support each other. And yet here you have them where you're getting that. Yes, they're going to face it together kind of thing. 
And you know, because of marketing, because they had to get this marketed to all hell and back so that people would get excited about it and want to buy it, you know that there's a rift that's going to be building between them. And yet you're reading this and it's like, they're bros. Look at them. They're they're like, I got your back. Everything will be fine. And you know, though, that something bad's going to happen that's going to rift them. And, and again, it's just that there wasn't enough distance created in that prelude between the mm-hmm. two of them so that it made sense. They were asking for a leap of faith. And even by at that point, I couldn't buy into it. All right. So like I said, I, I, I didn't really read much of those myself, but okay. in all honesty, they're not worth reading at this point. Oh, well, that's, that's a change from your original, uh, those, the first two were because I was in the mentality that something great was coming and yeah, you can still read them and appreciate them for what they were. But as the start of this epic storyline, the 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 entirety of their, those four issues, the prelude, fail. So that brings us into the actual schism, which uh, we talked about issue one uh, a while ago. <laughs> and so we're not gonna we're not gonna rehash all the details here because, to be perfectly honest, if I go into all the details, I'm gonna start stabbing myself in the eyes. It, it's just. There was no tension in this whatsoever up until like the fourth issue. <laughs> like, they're just, okay, you know, the threat. And we, we see the, the whole thing behind this is the new Hellfire Club run by a bunch of seven year old kids. That was the, I'm sorry, that in the long history of stupid X Men villains, that's got to be up there. I, I don't care how evil you make this seven year old kid, she's still got pigtails. And, and like, it's, it did not work for me at all, it, even the villains in the story. And, and, and that's one of the big things that I have a problem with. Again, when you're looking back at some of the things that they've had to go through, they've been through far worse in other galaxies, yeah. <laughs> in other freaking planets and all at other dimensions. They've been through hell. Wolverine's fought the freaking devil. And you're telling me that this seven-year-old <laughs> is a threat? I mean, he punked. Leave the freaking devil. Come on. So, no, this is... And, and and what it does, too, is it's like you have these immensely intelligent kids, and that's why... I'm sorry, the freaking X-Men have got some pretty smart people on their side, yeah. too. <laughs> You're telling me Dr. Nemesis... Nemesis isn't no chump? I mean, he, he, he can add without a calculator. And then, like, not only that, but it cheapens the entire concept of the Hellfire Club because that's always been, you know, one of those core X-Men villain groups that they've always been freaking cool. Anytime the Hellfire Club has shown up, it's been worthwhile because it's been a pretty big deal. And now they're a bunch of kids. They're they're the most supposed to be the most inf- some of the most influential people in the world. They they're influencing their second grade class. <laughs> it's not you know exactly modern corporate you know high rollers here i i agree that that was one of the biggest problems one of several that i had with this it was ludicrous and then the whole bit about separating the team and this and that and that they're making such a big deal about the divide and conquer and that's how they're getting the 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 freaking huge sentinel over and not everybody's there to help and oh come on yeah it it, no (laughs) it, it because the villains were completely unthreatening, it, it they could it the story couldn't build up that tension where you could 
believably actually break up Scott and Logan. Like some, it needed to be something of such immense proportions to cause that rift between them. And because the villains were laughably stupid, it never got to that point. Even with the giant mega sentinel bearing down on Utopia, the story hadn't built up enough tension to that point. Okay, oh, they had the museum thing, and you know, oh, Edie had to kill some people, which on its own could have been interesting. But there was no buildup. It just sort of happened. And then, okay, the Sentinel showed up. It just sort of happened. This this is a story that really should have been told over months, if not an entire year within the X-Men titles. And then build on that tension, show the cracks forming instead of just one issue they're friends, one issue they're not. That's exactly it. And this whole thing, too, about Edie having to kill some people. And you're like, you know what, Frank? There's been a ton of titles where they maybe they were never that young. I don't know. I'd have to go over them and, and see. But there's been freaking new mutants that have put a hurting on a lot of people. So why is it now? And and Wolverine, that is, yeah, he's always cared for the the younger members of the team, like uh, like Kitty and whatnot, to to be that surrogate father not a good one but you know everybody <laughs> needs a, a tough wise ass you know canadian to be their their, their surrogate father um but i love you daddy yeah but the thing is is that it's never been this much about coddling the young mm-hmm. as it is all of a sudden with this one what is it about this one that is making that huge an impact that he has to to do this it's it's never i've never read any prior prior to the first issue he'd never even talked to her before (laughs) it's just the it doesn't make sense and it doesn't make sense in terms of the character the history that he's had throughout that has always been more about get in there get the job done and hopefully everybody will be all right kind of thing and and we'll watch out for each other never this no no the kids have got to go now what that where does that coming from yeah so that was the big schism with uh, most of the X-Men down or away, uh, this super undefeatable Sentinel bearing down on Utopia. You know, Wolverine and Cyclops are standing side by side to make their heroic last stand. And Cyclops wants the remaining kids to fight. And Wolverine goes, no, they need to go to safety. And that that's it. That is it. <laughs> well, <laughs> something that's happened dozens of times in X-Men comics before Logan arbitrarily decides that this is the time he's going to put his foot down. No, no more putting the kids in, in danger. And it's what makes it so hilarious is after that big, you know, big speech, the kids end up freaking coming back anyway and saving the day. <laughs> well, see, this is the other thing too. Okay. Because this is the, this is the line in the saying, that's it. No more. And it's this, On a a deeper level, yes, it's about using the kids, but it's because of this monstrous sentinel that's on the way over. And it's too dangerous for the kids to take down. They shouldn't have to risk their lives like that. I'm looking at the issue right now. So there's one double page of them fighting it, although... The the second of the double page, the one on the right, doesn't really count because most of it is just about Wolverine looking at the um, the bomb controller he had on his hand and, and and leaving it instead. So there's only one panel that's actually them fighting it. The, there's another page with them fighting it, another page, 
And then the other page is actually just showing the team that's in the, 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 the Blackbird heading over to them. And then the last panel there is just showing them on top having beat it. So literally, you're looking at two and a half pages, maybe three, of them fighting this thing. And it was Not nothing. Not a threat, huh? It, 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 they beat it like it was nothing. So really, <laughs> come on. And they see that's the thing too, because when you're looking at the uh, the prelude, and they made such a big deal, like what is coming is probably going to annihilate the rest of us. It's it's built up as this is that's it. This is we're gonna die. There there's next to no way we can survive this. Three and a half pages. Three and a half pages of next to nothing with kids with no fighting experience. <laughs> and they beat it. And and there were no real casualties either. They show someone being carried off. I mean, there's a couple of stitches that are needed, mainly for freaking Scott's hand. But, I mean, there's nothing. It was a joke. So, again, here you have this escalation that they built up that this event is going to be, oh, my God, we probably won't survive this. And it's nothing. It's a joke. It fell flat on its face. And that was that was setting up for the rest of the schism event as well with the new titles. <laughs> I was like, really? Like uh, let me tell you my biggest facepalm moment here was, okay, Logan has the bomb and the kids go away and, you know, him and Cyclops are, you know, posturing and they have that stare down. And then Cyclops throws out the low blow about Gene. Yeah, that was in the final one, Where, the fifth one. The, that was in the fourth one, actually. Was it? I thought it was yeah. in the fifth. No. Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> like, oh, you're right. Fifth one. Not, not mentioned at all previously over the last three and a half issues, and then just throw that out there. She never loved you, you know. Like, what, really? <laughs> I I agree. And to me, like, that that's, was that's what Cyclops, the tactical genius oh, really? exactly. leader, has to resort to. He's a freaking chump baby. That's what that <laughs> made him look like—a whiny crybaby dumbass bastard i mean for so long they were making him to seem like this impenetrable force this very stoic face just boom character doing what needs to be done and that's that and that's something he tells hank later on as well you know i'm the one that made the tough choices so that we could all survive kind of thing granted not everybody did survive but let's not go there that's just semantics for him but then you're getting something like this that just shows him off as this whiny crybaby. And then later on when he's begging Storm to stay and you're going like, oh my God, are we back in high school? Seriously? Now, credit where it's due. The final issue, the actual, well, there wasn't a whole lot of it, but the actual fight scene between Wolverine and Cyclops, that was fairly well done, I got to say. Yeah, it, it's that was in the fourth one. Yeah, that's... It, it was a good fight scene. Yeah, for sure. And they're both taken a beating. And it's something that most people have wanted to see for a hell of yeah. a long time. So, yeah, no, that was work, well choreographed. But that that also brings out my biggest problem with the series. It, stupid story notwithstanding. What absolutely killed this for me was each issue had a different artist. So throughout this big story, there was no cohesion to it because they all had wildly different styles. And even more so... Some of these artists have obviously never read an X-Men comic before because these people don't look like the people they're supposed to look like. like. Now, I'm down for you know artistic interpretation and that stuff, but I swear to you, in that fourth issue, that scene where the kids show up, I had to sit there for a few minutes just to figure out who the hell half of them were. Like The, 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 the characters were so poorly drawn in some of these issues. It, it really, really took me out of it. I agree. 
And 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 of course we've made this clear. I've made this clear in, in other episodes. You know what? I'm getting tired of the freaking perv artists thinking that Lori's their new freaking Emma Frost and that they can have a blast with drawing her naked. She's an 18-year-old kid. I'm sorry, but man, I really it it bothers me. It's not just something that I'm ambivalent about or I don't like. Oh man, it it ticks me off when I see a naked ass shot of Lori. Yeah, and that pretty much is all we have to say about the Generation Hope tie-ins because oh, honestly, they, they they were just rehashes of the stuff we saw in Schism expanded to make it a, a full story and Naked Lori. That's pretty much all there was to it. Yep, I agree. And it's too bad because I was really digging yeah. a lot of what was going on in Generation Hope and then these two here were just a joke. Okay, so schism's over with. Everybody hates each other. Everybody's crying in their respective corners. Except for Bobby. Bobby's awesome. Bobby's so just freaking <laughs> rolling off his back. This is nothing. That brings us to now the Regenesis phase. Uh, there was the X-Men Regenesis one-shot, which I I kind of liked the framing sequence they had with the you know the whole tribal thing. I, I feel really? it was a little overdone. I, I I think there was an interesting concept in there. It just wasn't very well executed. But the entire issue was Scott and Wolverine. Basically, it was like they were picking their kickball team on the playground. Yep. <laughs> just going around and, are you going to come with me? Are you going to be my friend? Like, uh, th- There were some cool moments in there. Um, I liked the bit with Colossus and Kitty because I'm a fanboy. Sorry. Um, th- th- there were some interesting moments. Uh Psylocke and her exchange with both Logan and Scott was interesting, but overall it was just it, childish. Yeah, very. there you go, childish. It was very, very childish to the point where, and I'm looking at it right now, this, the scene where um, Scott is talking to Aurora and she's saying that she's going to go with, uh, with Wolverine mm-hmm. and he's saying, they don't need you, I need you. And it's just this, even the look on his face is just, pitiful it's just literally schoolyard like damn it two (laughs) but yeah it's just it's absolutely ridiculous and the thing too is that once again we're 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 looking at especially for me both of the main characters in how what they're doing in this issue as well as with several of the other issues in in the the other issues in this event kind of thing um the characters aren't true to who they have been for so long you know what i can see wolverine standing at the door with his freaking backpack on and his leather Mm -hmm. jacket looking at everybody saying yeah i'm going if you guys want to come the blackbird's fueling up we're leaving in five minutes be there otherwise i'm leaving without you that's it that, that's it. Even if that, you know, so <laughs> this whole thing of going to everybody and talking and trying to influence them to come to his, you know, come to my team, uh, was just so out of character. And then they took Scott and they made him into this, this whiny little bitch. And I'm keeping that in. <laughs> so following that up, we had the quote final issue of uncanny X-Men uh, issue 544. And I, again, I liked parts of this issue. The stuff with Bobby and Scott was just great. I loved that. Um, Beast is, man, he holds a grudge, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. It's like, what are you doing here? Oh, I showed up again just so I could leave again. <laughs> like, what? Really? 
but it needed to be said too, and I, especially considering everything that that Scott has been up till now too. I think that it it needed to be said mm-hmm. that not everybody agrees with his tactics or what he's doing, but yeah. he did it far better than freaking Wolverine did or anybody else. Now, one thing I do have to put out there. After 544 issues of Uncanny X-Men, I've probably read about 500 of them. This is my comic. Growing up, back issues, Uncanny X-Men has always been my most treasured comic, good or bad. So I got a a really severe bit of nostalgia reading this comic because it's, you know they're talking about the past that two-page splash in the center was freaking awesome because i was like man i've read all these stories it, it actually did make me a little sad that you know it was quote ending and then it made me really angry because it was quote ending only to start up again three weeks later yeah i agree and there's it, we discussed this before too there's no reason for the relaunch at all except for marketing there's no reason for the split except to basically sell two comics now instead of one every month it's not like there aren't enough x-men titles already <laughs> for crying out loud you're already getting enough x monies from us all right you didn't need to split this up like this you, you couldn't have just repurposed one of the other ones at least no no you had to have two number ones to make a big deal out of it basically yeah well, what about those two number ones? Uh, the first one to come out was Wolverine and the X-Men number one. And God help me, I really liked this issue. That was one of the few that I actually really <laughs> liked. And I love the freaking art. It was so different yes. than what we'd seen so far, which some of it, yeah, was terrible. That final issue of Un- Uncanny X-Men, actually the art was fantastic in it, but such a different style from this. And this was way lighter, damn near cartoony in some mm-hmm. panels um and in many panels but i don't know i just dug it i just absolutely yeah, no, loved Piccolo it had a cool style and like like we were talking about with schism you can have a style and even though a lot there this was a very stylish comic the characters were identifiable oh yeah which which was which was the biggest problem with the quote style and schism and just the, the the dialogue. This was a fun comic to read. Yeah, sure. Nothing really happened plot wise, except for the freaking Hellfire kids showing up. God, but it was just really fun. Like all these characters together, it, it seems like Wolverine and the X Men is going to be a pretty enjoyable comic to read. I think it'll be well of the two. I don't even have to think about it. Of the two, I, it appears that it will definitely be the stronger because <laughs> X Men number one, oh, dude. I had no use for it. <laughs> and I love the little bamps. Yeah. <laughs> that was so great. Did you see the, the little uh, course guide at the end? Yes, I loved it. <laughs> There's actually a website, too, that has that on it. Yeah, that was so, so perfect. <laughs> yeah, I was giggling. That's that's one of the ones that when I read one. that, I was like, oh, that's hilarious. I'm pulling it up right now that I just started laughing. Give me a second. There I were a few of them that I really liked. Um, yeah, yeah, I like the, the uh, how to weaponize the of, household products. <laughs> the art of Lebo. fighting without fighting with Headmaster Logan. Yeah. The art of fighting with fighting <laughs> with Headmaster Logan. <laughs> Just great, great stuff. Uh, and then that brings us to Uncanny X-Men number one. It, this is the one I have the most mixed feelings about because I'm completely over the the super serious Scott at this point. When he was first introduced as, you know, really stepping into his role, uh, back in Astonishing X-Men was really the first time we saw him 
fully embrace his role as leader and doing what needed to be done, even after, you know, all the years of training and all that. I, I felt that was when really when Scott matured completely was uh, Astonishing X-Men, and we both loved that. And that sort of character model has carried through Uncanny and the other comics throughout the years. But it's gotten to such an extreme that I just hate the guy. Scott Summers, I, Cyclops, one of the most iconic characters in comics. I, I really don't like him anymore. Well, it's not because he's an iconic so much as now he's become a stereotype of a certain type of character. And so, and because of that, and because they're they're holding so true to that, it's winding up creating a very dull, predictable character. And it's easy for them to say, because you can come back and, and tell them, well, why would he still be like this? After what he's seen it do to the team. Oh, yeah, but that's because of the type of character he is. He wouldn't let that break down his resolve, this and that. Well, that's because it's a stereotype. And that's what that type of character would do. It's it's so predictable and boring and, and, and not someone that you can look up to as someone who should be leading a team, especially a team that is this powerful. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, that's... I, I think it's so goofy. Like he's using the X-Men now as sort of like a nuclear deterrent. Like, oh, the world fears us. And they should fear us. And let's show them why they should. Fear. Yeah, it's there. There's nothing even though they're he's trying to do, you know, the superhero thing. There's nothing heroic about what he's his intents are. And as much as awesome as it is to see freaking Namor and Magneto and Colossus, you know, all together, they, it, there should be more purpose to it than you're the most powerful people around. So I wanted to get you all together. But they were already together. They were yeah. already a freaking group. <laughs> so now this is a subgroup of the group. And because they, it's not like they don't have enough subgroups as well already. But no, we're going to give them one more. But we're going to put the strongest of them all in this little subgroup so that we can scare the bejesus out of everybody so that they don't try this again. Oh, seriously, this was the best you could come up with for a first issue. Oh, my God. But then you get to the halfway point where the the celestial and let me see that celestial has been standing there for, I think, about 40 years in comics and they've never done a freaking thing with it. <laughs> and then just recently we saw them go there in Uncanny X-Force and now Sinister is repurposing it. So I, I think it's funny that they're finally using this bloody thing. But once the action starts and the characters are, are, are interacting more, I was starting to enjoy it and it just. At least then Scott being, you know, the hard case makes a little more sense. And the stuff with Emma and Namor and uh, Peter and just the, the interactions I enjoyed. And I love Sinister as a villain. And at the end, it, it kind of sold me at the end when he had his little sinister world set up that he built. Meh, not me. Not me. And, and it's I'm, I'm going to give I'm going to give it a few more issues before I give up because I. I it could be good. It could be terrible. I'm not going to make a judgment yet. I I didn't like the characters. I didn't like the character interactions. I definitely hated the story and the plot and, and everything there. Except I like seeing Emma lose an arm. That was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> there was something about that that was kind of awesome. Um, but no, I really, there was, there was nothing that I liked about this. And I thought that Sinister was just... Again, basically I, just annoying. It wasn't. <sighs> I kind of, I kind of like what what what's going on here though. When they're saying like you know Scott has his whole extinction team set up and there's nothing for them to do, and Sinister kind of knows what's going on as we even saw in the last Uncanny issue. So I think 
because Sinister has always been one of those characters. He was heavily influenced by Apocalypse. He's really interested in you know evolution and all that. So he's always felt that he, he wasn't a villain to the X-Men. He's always been something kind of greater. So I think that in the Sinister character's mind, this is his way of helping mutant kind. And it, 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 um, I might be reading too much into things, but if the story goes in that direction – where, where Sinister feels like he's doing the right thing to help the X-Men, which we kind of got a bit of here uh, when Sinister was talking to Scott about, oh, I'll, pl- I'll play my, my role in your little uh, plot or whatever. I forget the exact line. I'm trying to find it, but whoop-de-doo. And so I, I think there could be something interesting here. That's why I'm going to give it a little more time. I honestly, I'm, like, I'll keep reading it periodically, but pff, I, it did nothing for me. And his and, little but, letter of humanity to humanity at the end. Oh God! That was compared awful. to the flyer from the school that we loved, this was like, oh come on! No, yeah, so, but again, it, it's uncanny X Men. I, I I almost feel obligated that I have to keep reading it. So and I I've don't. Reading, I've been reading it for so long that I. I, I and I have too. I, I <laughs> dude, this was a series that I I used to save up all my money just to be able to buy back issues that were worth more of this. That's how much it meant to me. And I was the freaking paperboy, okay? <laughs> or, or, or when I was working at a convenience store, it was just something that meant that much to me. And now though, it's like I've reached that point in my life now that if something's not good, I'm not going to waste my time reading something that I know is going to be bad because I've got a library full of books and comic books that I can read that are good. So, mm-hmm. no, I, I, I really there's I'm not going to read too much of this. Yeah. So and of course, the entire X-Men line is falling into the whole regenesis thing. Uh, personally, I haven't had a chance to read too many of them. Uh, I have read New Mutants and X-Factor, and it's pretty much status quo with those two. Nothing's really changing. And. X Factor is still one of my favorite comics every month, so I'm enjoying that. It's going to be interesting to see um, the actual X-Men title, how that one works out, and uh, what was the other one I was looking for? Oh, X-Men Legacy, seeing how, where that one goes with it. So while the schism slash regenesis thing might be completely unnecessary, it looks like we're at least going to get some worthwhile stuff out of it, even if it's only Wolverine and the X-Men, because that one's just been a blast, even though it's only been one issue. I agree. All right. So for as for what else we've been reading, I haven't had a whole lot of time to read much else. Uh, I checked out Avenging Spider-Man, really enjoyed that one, uh, as well as uh, the new Incredible Hulk. Uh, we're actually going to be going into more detail on those next week, so I don't want to get too much into that. And um, what was the other one? Oh, Avengers Academy. Still really, really liking that comic. I actually got caught up, caught up on some of uh, DC's titles, some more of uh, both the number twos and the number threes for various ones. So I got caught up on the family of super titles, the uh, both Superman and Superboy and uh, Supergirl. Um, I still maintain that both the Superman and the action comics are... I'm not that happy with them at all. Superboy has been getting interesting, but more so than that has actually been the Supergirl. Supergirl yes, has actually been yes. freaking awesome. <laughs> I really have been enjoying that one. So that's a little, again, disappointing that it, that's the, the shining one that there should be more coming from the other titles. But I, I just, I know where they're going with it, but not so, not so much fun. And then I got caught up on the Bat titles as well. And... Actually, the last Dark Knight wasn't that bad. Um, that and still, listen, not that bad is good. All right, uh, the last Batman, I've 
of course, Batman is still a fantastic title. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman and Robin, when there's less Robin, has been great. And then I got caught up as well on the um, the Batgirl and Batwoman as well, which uh, I haven't even bothered with Catwoman. Forget it. I'm not doing it. You can't make me. And uh, then I got caught up with Justice oh, League. I can make you. No, you can't. <laughs> Justice League International as well. And, uh, man... You know what? The, one of the biggest problems I'm having is how much support Batman is giving Booster. <laughs> and it's like, oh, come on. You're acting like a fanboy for Booster here. It's just ridiculous. I, uh, yeah. It, I'm, it has improved since the first issue, though. I'll say that much. But not enough that I'm no. sold on it by any stretch of the imagination. So, I've like, you know what? Three, that's a damn near the point now where I'm almost ready to give up on it. Red Lanterns has been very interesting with Chorsica's needing, (laughs) you know, an assistant, administrative assistant to help. (laughs) So that was kind of interesting. And I can see where they're going with that, too, because she's going to be a thorn in his side quite a bit, which is good. It it could lead some interesting stories. Um, And then Incredible Hulk as well. Which I guess, well, I'll save what I have to say then. It was pretty interesting. Of course, you know what? Like I said, the Incredible Hulk doesn't have to look like a freaking hunk, okay? The freaking long <laughs> hair and You're looking all... Well, look at him. Of course I am. Um, and the last one that I wanted to mention, just as a, you know, wagging my finger at the comic book industry, is <laughs> Green Arrow number three that had to take a jab really? at the video game industry ooh, and ooh. say... Oh, you know, we got kids killing and maiming in video games every day. It's not a leap to see the same thing happening in real life. And it's like, oh, come on, guys. Uh, The comic book industry putting down the video game industry. Like, that was a low blow, especially considering how many, you know, how many comic books (laughs) are nothing but killing and maiming. And you're going to take a jab at freaking video games. Poor form. I was really disappointed. Okay, so as for, well, yesterday's new releases, on the Marvel side of thing, we have Avengers number 19, Avengers Academy number 22, the Avengers Origins Luke Cage one-shot. Um, I haven't read any of those myself, but I've had a couple friends recommend some of the Origins ones to me. I might check those out in the, in the future. Fear Itself 7.3, <laughs> The Fearless number 3, Incredible Hulk number 2. Punisher number 5, still really liking that one. Amazing Spider-Man 674. Ultimate X-Men number three, Venom number nine, Generation Hope number 13, New Mutants number 34, X-Factor 227, X-Men number 21, and X-23 number 17. But none of that matters because we have Marvel Universe versus Wolverine hardcover this week. You know what? If it wasn't for the fact that I already own the other ones, I'd be picking (laughs) this up in a freaking heartbeat. Um, But no, I've already got them all, so I'm not going to bother picking it up. But Dudes, if anybody, if you have not read this series, and if you haven't read the Punisher one, pick them both up in hardcover. You can get them on Amazon for next to nothing, and they're just, they should be a part of everyone's library. All right, DC, we've got third issues for Batman, Birds of Prey, Blue Beetle, DC Universe Presents... Green Lantern Corps, Justice League, Legion of Superheroes, unfortunately, Nightwing, Supergirl, and Wonder Woman, as well as we got End of Nations number one. What is that? I have no idea. I thought you oh, might know. okay. Oh. <laughs> and you know that little sneer I put Legion of Superheroes, I didn't put in Catwoman, okay? So I did take out some of the bad. And uh, the Flash, Road to Flashpoint hardcover, which I think is the end of the uh, the actual Flash, Flash one. Flash series, right? yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Definitely and worth then, getting that too. Rounding out, we've got Mass Effect Invasion number two, Morning Glories number 14, Walking Dead number 91, and the Who is Jake Ellis volume one collection. That's the other one I read. I read the first one of Invasion, and I really liked it. Yes, Granted, it was very good. We like those characters. We like that IP a lot. And so seeing other stories from that IP, from that, you know, that, that Mass Effect universe... I just like it. And they seem to always be fairly well done and they're staying true to the characters as well. So I, oh man, I, I really, really like the first one. And I'm thinking this is probably going to be as good a mini series as we've experienced in their other ones as well. Yeah. Hope so. Cause, uh, this one's going to be pretty important to the overall story too. Yeah. All right, so that's going to wrap us up here for issue 53 of the Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CBinformer, as well as, well, just about anywhere else. Uh, check out the site for more information, and we'll see everybody next week. The prelude is all you. So Is it really? And then I still haven't read anything past the first issue. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> I mean, no warning on that one. Hold on. I, I sorry. It's, <laughs> can can you can you give me a pass on this, please? <laughs> it was a horrific time in in real our real history, and I think well, let's just pause. Well, <laughs> I don't know if my son's gonna get it, so you're gonna bear with me a second. Hello. 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 Okay, no problem. <laughs> All right. Okay, no problem. All right, boy. She knows I'm recording. I've told her. I, I told her I'm recording. She knows. But call me to tell me that she tried some pants on and they didn't. She didn't like them. Oh, well, that's good it, to know. It's a good thing we paused. It is. It, actually, I didn't. So now my wife's phone call is going to be in the outtakes, because how can I not put that in? <laughs> Wolverine arbitrarily decides, oh, damn, now it's my <laughs> turn. <laughs> <sighs> Give me a minute. I don't feel so bad. Hello. Uh, Did she try on some pants she didn't like? Mm-hmm. But she's on her way home, right? No, that's fine. So is mine. We're good. Sub's fine. <laughs> uh, combo. Oh, Jesus. Place it in order. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye. Damn it. <laughs> and I thought we weren't going to have any outtakes today. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.